Jen Mo, and welcome to Nurse Connect. I am an RN and a board-certified nurse coach. I believe that connecting with others is essential to living a happy and fulfilled life, and that sharing our stories not only helps us heal ourselves, but also helps others by inspiring hope and optimism. I'm so grateful to share stories of these incredible nurses on their journey, and I encourage you to find a way to share yours too. Thanks for listening in. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Nurse Connect. I am Jen Mall, and I have got Colette here with me, which I'm super excited to have on today. Welcome. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Absolutely. So uh, we have uh, just a treat for you today. Um, Colette has her own podcast, which I know we'll touch on. And um, this is might be a little bit of an uh, um, explicit uh, uh, podcast. So if you got little ones around, I feel like yes. F-bomb is going to get dropped a time or yes. two here. <laughs> so would you mind please taking us back a little bit and tell us a little bit about your journey of being a nurse and kind of where are you at now? Absolutely. So I have technically been a nurse for about 18 years. I had to do the math last night because I was like, wow, <laughs> has it really been that, that right. long? And so I was, I had actually went into the military when I got out of high school mm. and I served as a um, air force cop and I went my, got married and I ended up having, getting pregnant with twins. And my husband was being sent to Korea at the time oh, for yeah. a year. And wow. so my only option was to get out of the mm-hmm. air force and bring my twins home to my mom. And she helped me raise them while he was gone. Wow. So that kind of left me, I, I saw the military as my future and what mm-hmm. I was going to do forever. And all of a sudden that just changed on the drop of a dime that all mm-hmm. of a sudden I, I couldn't stay in and mm-hmm. take care of my family. So I had to get out. So it really had impacted me when I had my twins. Mm-hmm. The nurses there were, I just fell in love with them. They were mm-hmm. amazing. And from the day I had my twins on nursing was always in the back of my mind. And my aunt had been a nurse and some several family members are in the medical field. And so when I saw them in action, I was like, okay, these are my people. I need That's to awesome. be one. Yeah. So I jumped into nursing school when my twins were, I think about a year old. Wow. And so I jumped and Was in- your husband still deployed? He was deployed when we, when I started, yes. And then he had come home throughout graduation and stuff. So, yeah, so it was quite the adventure, but, um, I feel like that journey took me exactly to where the profession that I needed to be, because I absolutely adore nursing. I love taking care for people. I love, you know, everything about just being able to help somebody out. Mm-hmm. So getting into nursing was, I, gosh, I think I graduated in 2005. And so I started in telemetry first, mm-hmm. I was a nursing assistant on telemetry. And so they went ahead and moved me right into my nursing role. And I stayed there for about a year. And then I spent the rest of my career about 12 years in the ICU in the critical care. Awesome. Oh, I love it. And there's so much more to your journey we're going to get into. And what, you know, I think is so interesting is we've actually been in similar um, nursing orbits for many years, working in the same organization. I worked with your husband in the trauma ICU and in trauma in general in the ED. And, but we never really connected. And I always, I always find that so fascinating. It's like, wow, how can you be kind of around and in a similar circle and not really have connected with the person? And then suddenly you're like, how did I never know you? Right. And then when we 
talked, I felt like I've known you forever. I was like, this is someone I should have been knowing all this time. It's like, I knew who you were, but we never connected in that way. And it also could be when I had left, I lost Mm -hmm. contact with a lot of people at the hospital. So it's really sad. I miss my, my nursing family. (laughs) Yes. Okay. So you have, you were um, a nurse for many years in the the Slim Trinity Department ICU. And then is that around the time when you, you stepped away from the bedside when you had your third kiddo? My fifth. Your fifth. Oh my, <laughs> my gosh. Fifth. Surprise. <laughs> yes. So my twins are from my right. first marriage. And then um my husband Tay and I, we have three together. So That's it was right. the last one of that one. And he was adamant that he wanted another baby. Mm. And I thought he was insane, <laughs> but he, he said, Hey, take some time off work, be with the kids and, you know, enjoy some time because nursing is, you know, nursing so hard. And when do you get to just take a break? Mm-hmm. And so he said, take a break and be with the kids. And I was like, I don't know if that's much of a break, <laughs> but <laughs> it was fantastic because it awarded me the opportunity to stay home with the babies and mm-hmm. be a stay at home mom for a little while that I hadn't been able to be because you know how it is with nursing. You're just working, working, working. Mm-hmm. So um, I spent time, I ended up pregnant with our fifth child and I um, was off work, but that's when um, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. Mm-hmm. And so we went into from having a two month old baby to being diagnosed with breast cancer. Mm-hmm. So it quite shook our world quite a bit. Wow. And would you mind sharing how you were diagnosed? Absolutely. I was um, breastfeeding my daughter and I thought I had a clogged milk duct or Mm -hmm. mastitis, something like that. No big deal because I was thinking with my age and with having babies, they say, have your babies and breastfeed them and it'll prevent breast cancer. So I'm thinking it's just Mm -hmm. a clogged milk duct. And I happened to call my OBGYN and a friend of mine was her nurse. Mm-hmm. And she said, I don't like it. You need to go into, um, get an ultrasound. And she got me in that day. And I thought she was crazy. I thought they yeah. were totally overreacting. And within three days, they diagnosed me with stage two B uh, triple negative breast cancer. Oh my gosh, Yeah, man. Her intuition must have been screaming at her for some reason. Yes. And thank God she followed through on that. And because I you. literally, I talked to her. I was like, come on. I was trying to talk her out of it. I was like, mm-hmm. I can go tomorrow. It's not a big deal. And she mm-hmm. just said, absolutely not. I don't like it. And I was like, wow, I really never thought anything bad was going to come out of that. <laughs> Wow. And uh, you share your story in detail on your podcast. So I'll, uh, this portion of it, so I'll definitely direct people back to so I'll put the link in there. Okay. Um, but to touch on a couple highlights. So you have a two month old, you've been two diagnosed with breast cancer. Yes. What was that like for you? It was really hard because I've always been such a, being a mom has been my biggest biggest joy in life that, you know, I feel like it's the best job I do. And so I love, you know, breastfeeding and coat sleeping with my baby and doing all these things. And that got taken away from me mm. because I couldn't breastfeed anymore. And then I couldn't, depending on the chemotherapy days, if I had just gotten treatment, I couldn't hold the baby or be around mm. her for 24 hours for 48 hours. So it was, it was really hard, but my husband's mom moved in and she stayed with us for about a year and she she co-parented with me. I always say she took over and and helped. And I mean, she did, but she helped raise my baby, but she really was my co-parent for that Mm -hmm. whole time. And she, if it wasn't for her, I just, I don't know that we would have made it. Mm, That is incredible. And not a lot of people have that type of relationship with their in-laws, especially even their, even their moms in some cases, but to be able to do that. And so the fact that 
she could do that. How incredibly special. Yeah. And she, she literally just called and said, what do you need? And my husband said, I need you to come here and help. And she said, I'm on my way. Good. And they lived in another state at the time. And now they've moved here after wow. everything. <laughs> we've relocated them because we just all got so close and they were so special in my journey. That's incredible. So how long were you in treatment? What did that look like for you? So treatment was about a year. And so I, I got diagnosed in um, December of 2016, went straight into chemo within two weeks. I was in chemo and mm -hmm. then we did surgery in May of 2017. And then I finished radiation in August of 2017. So August is my all done date. So all of us survivors pick different dates to celebrate, but I celebrate August as my all done date. So I just hit my six year all done date. Amazing. Yeah. Wow. Wow. And, and um, kind of having, again, peripherally watching your journey over the last few years, um, you, you made it through that first year and then a at what point did you end up going back to try and work at the bedside? Not try, but you did go back to the bedside. I for did. Bed. At what point was that at? So I, we took some time right after my diagnosis, we took some time mm -hmm. and founded our um, nonprofit in 2018. And so I worked on that for quite a few years. And then I just was really getting the itch to go back to work. When I was working ICU, I also had been doing a side job at a plastic surgeon's office, mm -hmm. which I loved it. It was like my fun time. It wasn't yeah. critical patients. And, you know, yeah. so it was kind of my happy job. And so I went to, um, I went to a plastic surgeons that one of my friends worked at and he said, come on up, come work with us in the OR. And so I did, and it's a good job and it has, you know, great pay, good patients, all that. But I, that's when I learned that my mental health was not mm. there. It was, I was not ready to be caring for that specific type of patient. I had my own triggers that mm. would make me angry or I would, I would, I would get really frustrated because yeah. I was work, used to working in critical care and now going into elective surgeries and having gone through cancer, it was, it was just a really mind game. And I had a really hard time, um, kind of finding my footing mental mm -hmm. health wise when I did that job. Yeah. So what worked for you or what helped if anything? So actually quitting. <laughs> so I went ahead and quit. I had to give myself time to, um, focus back on my mental health mm -hmm. and see where I was going to going to land. If I was going to land back in the nursing field, it had, it was going to have to be the perfect job, the, the right fit where, um, I, I feel for the critical care patient, but I, I want to be the one taking care of them. I want to, I, I just related that for so long and it meant so much to me and just to be there for those families and stand yeah. by their sides and hold their hands and talk them through situations. I, if I go back ever, I'm thinking it would have to be in that capacity. Mm -hmm. So what worked for me was realizing that I was in a job, even though it's in my profession, that was not the great, the greatest fit for me. Yes. And I think that's so important because in nursing, we do have so many options, which is incredible. And sometimes the grass is greener on the other side. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's and not. what seems like, oh, this should be an easy job to right. step into. But if, if you're, if it's not the right fit, that right. can be more damaging to you to stay in a role like that yes. than it is to just, all right, 
I'm cutting yes. ties. I just yes. got to, I just recognize it's not the right fit and I got to move on. And so exactly. I think it's, in, it's incredible that you had the courage to do that. Cause it, yeah. It, and it, it took me time because so I didn't want to, I didn't want to give up. I didn't want sure. it to be, well, for some reason I can't deal with this type of patient, but mm -hmm. when it came down to it, it really was what it is. And we had to, my husband and I had to really think about what was best for my mental health. And yeah. I was coming up on my five year, um, cancer anniversary. Mm. And I had been listening to one of your podcasts with the nurse coach, Abby. Yes. And I, oh my gosh, it's I great. just got so much out of that episode. She is wonderful. And listening to, to her talk about survivorship mm -hmm. was dead on. She was just dead on. And having that come mm. from uh, someone that worked in the oncology field felt really, really good because mm -hmm. a lot of times, like she says, the medical team doesn't have time to, mm -hmm. they have time to do what they're supposed to, but not to support our mental health or, yeah. you know, turn us in the right direction for dietary needs, or if we need transportation and the medical team doesn't have a lot of time for that. So someone like her would have been fantastic for helping people through their journey, because you just don't know what to expect. And right. coming into five years, everybody's going, you're five years, you're cancer free. And it's like for the cancer survivor, sometimes that's more terrifying to say than, sure. than anything else. So, um, I was coming up on that five years and my mental health was struggling and I was at a job that was just really triggering. Mm -hmm. And so I had to make the decision to come back and focus on our nonprofit and put my energy where I know it fuels my soul. Absolutely. And, yeah. And it just really, it makes me happy to see the positive outcomes that we do every day for people. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah. So let's back up and talk more about ways um, yes. because so much of what you just touched on talking about Abby, you've already been doing to help people right. for the last several years with your nonprofit. So right. please share so, more about that. In listening to Abby, I just was going, I was so amazed. I had never even known about a nurse coach and I don't know. I'm like working in this field. How in the world have I never known? So yeah. listening to her really sparked my wow, like this is someone we could work with. We could work with nurse coaches because our clients mm. need this. Yes. So with ways we focus on uh, their dietary needs, making sure they have food and groceries. A lot of times it's hard, especially if they're alone, it's hard to cook, you know, for themselves or go grocery shopping for themselves. So we make sure that it, that they get food and meals, um, transportation to and from their, any oncology appointment is covered by us. We have licensed therapists on staff, so we can have them talk to a counselor if they need whatsoever. And then we do fun quarterly events where we just go get out and do something fun. Like we just did board and brush in Roseville and everybody just, every time we do it, they always say, we can't wait to come back because, you know, we're just building something and doing something yeah. fun and they get to just kind of be around people that are in the same situation as them, but mm -hmm. we're not sitting around crying. And, and if we want to cry, we can cry, but sure. we're sitting around, you know, doing something fun and just kind of getting them out of the um, sadness of their journey. Sure. sure. So, and then lastly, we do individualized donations. So we'll take the specific client and if they have a need, we've had clients that have to go to Stanford for treatments. And so they need gas cards. So mm. we'll get them gas cards or we'll get them wigs or headwear, anything like that. We have clothing. So yeah, we give back Everything that is donated to us goes hundred percent back to the community. That is absolutely incredible. Um, yeah. 
Oh my gosh. I, I, I have chills thinking oh. how many <laughs> people you are impacting. Yeah. Not just the individuals that are, you know, diagnosed with cancer. That right. is incredible and important, right. but also their support system, their, support and system. their family and knowing that they have somebody that kind of gets it. Yep. That's helping them along. Cause you, I'm yep. sure as a, as a supporter family member, you also feel so helpless. Like, absolutely. I don't even know what to do. That's why we always encourage them to bring a support person to our client events. So the support people can kind of be involved too, and kind of hear the conversations or maybe the support people themselves can become a support for one another, you know? So yes. we always encourage them, always encourage them to bring them and we'll, we'll provide uh, therapy and stuff to the, um, the families and the caretakers. So it's not just the cancer patient. We want to help make sure the entire support system is just, we could take some of that weight off their shoulder. Yeah, absolutely incredible that you came out of your own journey and thought, how can I help others on theirs? Yeah, yeah. That's really special. And I feel like it was, it was definitely one of those things where I was coming out of my journey going, who am I now? What am I going, am I going back to nursing? What am I doing? And Tay and I just kept saying, there's something we got to do. There's something we got to do. And as I went through my journey and I had an amazing support system, they, there were big holes still in the system. Mm -hmm. And so it was like, Whoa, what about survivorship? Survivorship mm -hmm. is a really hard one. It's not all rainbows and butterflies and nobody focuses on it. And so we're like, we have to focus on survivorship. We have to focus on these people that don't have transportation. Yeah. I had someone to take me to all my appointments and I was at the during my um, most busy time of treatment, I was at the um, hospital probably five days a week. Wow. So it's like you have, you're sick and you were looking for someone to help take you. And if I had all the support system that I had, and I noticed the holes in the system, what mm -hmm. about those who don't have any support system? Yes. yes. So, and your knowledge as a nurse Right. probably helped you to be a little bit more aware of how you could help in those situations. Definitely. And, you know, we were talking before the recording of like, Oh, I, you know, I'm not really a nurse right now. And it's like, that is not true. Right. You are always a nurse and always you a are nurse. working as a nurse in a different capacity, your, Absolutely. your knowledge and your experience and yes. your personal experience is helping everybody that's connected yeah. with this. So I just really want to give you the kudos on that. Cause thank so you. So it's so important. <laughs> thank you. And I do feel like I'm, I'm just nursing in a different way. You yes. know, I'm, I'm caring for people and providing a service in just a different way outside of the hospital. And that feels good right now. Yes, absolutely. Let's talk about your podcast because oh, it completely yeah. ties into all of this. So yes. where do you want to start with that? How did you okay, get so for it? What's that? How did you get the idea for it? Oh, so about a year ago, we were talking, I'm super into podcasts and we were talking and my kids are quite creative. And one of them said, why don't we do a podcast? And I said, well, what would it be called? And one of my oldest said, well, let's talk effing cancer. <laughs> and I was like, Hey, that's kind of aggressive. And yeah. it's kind of, kind of grabs your attention. And they're like, you gotta be, you know, you gotta grab their attention, mom. And I'm like, okay. So we pondered it for a year 
and we had a projected start date of September 1st of this year, mm -hmm. but we have a fundraiser coming up. So we decided we're going to be so busy with that. Let's bump it up a month. And so I just never imagined it was actually going to happen. Like we had the date set, we were buying all the equipment and then all of a sudden August 1st was here and we recorded our first episodes and here we are. So now we, I think episode three just played episode four comes out next week and Yay. we, we have several segments where, um, each week is something different, but we spotlight, um, a cancer survivor thriver we have tips and tricks for just getting through the hard days mm -hmm. of chemotherapy and radiation. We do have a grief and remembrance segment mm -hmm. where we just like to acknowledge the people that we have lost mm -hmm. and want to continue to say their name. And then um, lastly, we have, I just <laughs> totally forgot what I was going to say. Lastly, we have, um, oh, professionals. So mm -hmm. anyone in a professional realm that can come on and talk on the podcast and give our listeners some good new information. So yeah, we're very excited. We have our first professional coming out this Tuesday and it's an oncology nutritional specialist. Awesome. Oh my gosh. Yeah. What an amazing resource. And yeah, I really enjoyed listening to it as well. Oh, it gives good. me such a great insight into your journey, but also right. like you said, the tips and the tricks and yeah, those little and things, things that, that people I, never think of. No, no. And you know, I've, I've been a nurse for 18 years. So I graduated in 2005 too. So we're oh, on the same yeah. path. And, um, but oncology was never an area that I me was too. really interested in. I kind mm -hmm. of was like, Ooh, nope, too much. Yep. Um, and certainly I've been touched by cancer with, with family and some right. friends, but I don't, I don't think you really get it unless you're like in it, in you it. know, and, and I think a lot of people don't like to think about it. Cause I, I think they're afraid that if I think about it, I might get cancer and right. it's like, Oh, okay. You can't, you're it's wishing definitely. it on yourself, but so this yep. is super helpful to give me a different perspective. And so when I connect with people who are touched by cancer in some way, maybe I can understand a tiny bit more about what right. they're going through. Right. And it's, it's so the whole journey is super confusing. It's a roller coaster. Mm -hmm. And so trying to navigate the emotions of it all or the needs of it all, it's, it's a mess. Yeah. And so when I was listening to Abby, I was going, wow, to have someone in your corner that can kind of talk you through this, mm -hmm. it would be amazing because we yeah. have great services to offer, but that's another really specialized service to offer that had I had a nurse coach, there would have been so much things done different, <laughs> different yeah. but you just kind of have to figure it out on your yeah. own, unless you find that group that can really support you. And so we hope to be that for the people in our local community. Oh, incredible. I just love it. Okay. So you have a podcast, you've got ways yes. going on. Um, yes. what's your, um, I know. What, when's your uh, next fundraiser, did you say? Oh, our fundraiser is September 16th. It's in okay. Rockland at the Arthur Murray Dance Studio. And um, it's going to be a casino night. So oh, we're going to have casino tables, a DJ, a food truck. We have hefty euros coming out. Um, we're going to have swag, a virtual auction, all the fun things. And it's just going to be a really fun night trying to raise money for our community. Oh my gosh, that's so awesome. And this re episode should be released the week or two before that. I'll let you know for sure, oh, but perfect. that would be ideal. So if, yeah. if anybody in the Northern California, Sacramento-ish yes. area um, is interested in attending, um, definitely look yeah. it up. Please join us. And yeah, we definitely, um, we can maybe link the the tickets mm -hmm. in the in the show notes. 
I can definitely do that. Yeah, absolutely. So exciting. All right. So what other things either specifically nursing related or not at all cancer related, your personal journey, what are some other things that kind of popped into your head? They're like, Oh, I hope we can touch on this because I think it's important. Yeah. I think my time in the critical care, because I spent so much time in critical care at bedside. Mm -hmm. Um, I just really, I miss it. Mm -hmm. I miss the, I miss the type of patient. I miss the camaraderie. I miss my nurse family and where luckily my husband still works with them all. So I Mm -hmm. do get to see them, but it's different when you're not working day to day with them anymore. So really, I just really miss that. But my time in the critical care, I have to say it shaped me into who I am today, Mm. who it's what brought out my passions for certain things. And so aside from my cancer journey, I think the critical care experience was phenomenal for me. It was not anything that I had anticipated doing. I had worked on telemetry for my first year and I said, okay, I want to go work in the PACU. And they said, well, you need to go work in critical care for a year. Uh, and I never left. <laughs> <laughs> so my years in critical care, I think were just so fundamental in, mm-hmm. in shaping who I was as a nurse or who I am as a nurse. And I really just, I want to give so much credit to mm-hmm. all those nurses that I worked with that taught me through the years and worked beside me through the years and just really created a family and some really you know, some of them, the situations were pretty yucky. Mm -hmm. And so you're able to go through these things together and support each other. And I really, I miss that. Yeah. Yeah. There is definitely something about that camaraderie that when you go through these really hard things and then you celebrate all the fun things, the anniversaries and the birthdays and the babies and all the things that come along. And then when you're not around that, it's a, it's a little bit of a gap and that can be really challenging. It is. It is. And so I really miss that, but I just, I really love and admire our critical care team that we've mm-hmm. had there forever. Mm-hmm. I swear there, we are so lucky to have some of the nurses we have for so long, but it's, yeah. you know, I just really credit them and my, my nurse family yeah. for, you know, just kind of shaping who I am and helping oh. me become the nurse that I am. And and I was going to say was, but still am. <laughs> yes. Good. Good catch. <laughs> yeah. And I'm sure some, several of them will be listening. And I think as nurses, um, you know, we want to be humble as we're just kind of by nature, right. not like braggy people, but I want to just remind those folks that are listening, um, that are part of Colette's journey to just soak that in because we don't often yes. get to celebrate those really good feely things yeah. in nursing sometimes. Yeah. So, Cause uh, it's so yeah. heavy and it's, It's very, you know, sometimes it's dark and it's heavy and nurses, they say, have the strangest sense of humor, but I think that we make what we can of (laughs) it. (laughs) True. But I think also one of my biggest, biggest things is getting it out there about mental health. And I heard that in several of your episodes already. And it's, it made me feel so warm inside to hear Mm -hmm. other people talking about it because the mental health aspect is giant. And if we're not taking care of our mental health, we're not going to be at the best of our ability when we work. And it's, we, we owe it to ourselves first to to make sure that we're okay. Yes, absolutely. Um, And I, I, it's burnout and our own challenges where that was all there before COVID before your cancer journey. I'm sure there are probably times too, that were struggle. And, but I think, especially since COVID it's brought out so much and a lot of um 
you know, myself and fellow our fellow colleagues and you like you yeah. just these last few years have been really hard. Yeah. And um and I'm I'm grateful that we're starting to open up and talk about it a little bit more because I, I think too. our profession has been like, oh, we don't have time for that or or we're not allowed to do that. We just gotta shove it down and move right. on. We got people to take care of, but you can only do that for so long before you break. You can only do that for so long. And I credit so many of my friends that have had the guts to say, I'm not doing well. And I'm taking a, a leave of absence, mm-hmm. which I never did. And I should have. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I just think that I don't know where the cancer comes from and all the good mm-hmm. things, but I think the things that we can do to lessen the stress yeah. and really take care of our mental health, keep keep those stress levels as low as possible. And our job is super stressful. So whatever we can do to help that mental health while we're not at work, or even if there's times, I think I was listening, you guys were talking about um, breathing. And yeah. so taking, practices. yeah, taking, uh, taking that moment and doing your breathing techniques and stuff like that. And I think it's really yeah. important. And I love that people are talking about it now because mm-hmm. it was taboo for so long. Yeah. Yeah. What are a few things that have worked well for you? For me, usually I just have to remove myself from the situation and kind of do a breathing technique or something, but I would hide in the bathroom or go into the break room, but the break room is never quiet (laughs) No, (laughs) and just have to remove myself because I would get really flustered about something and I didn't want it to carry over to my patients. Sure. But I mean, there were times that it carried over to my coworkers and I had to apologize because I was so frustrated or so upset about something or just the overwhelmingness of whatever situation just came in. Mm -hmm. And so I think taking that moment has been the best thing for me. And then when I go home, I don't let myself spin on it. You know how we do so hard (laughs) over every, every little thing that went on that day, you're critiquing yourself and thinking, what did I do wrong? Did I mess something up? And I stopped, I I have stopped myself, but I also, I went to therapy and I got on medication and all of that has helped me kind of do that stop blocking where I don't have to, I don't have to think about that right now. Everything's okay. Your day is over. Just relax. (laughs) Yes. Oh, thank you for sharing that. Cause I think again, that therapy, the meds, it's all kind of like, yeah. oh, oh, that's not for so me. Like, uh, yeah. Um, or I couldn't do that. And I think it's like, Hey, do what works for you Absolutely. and, and leave the rest. Like just yeah. t- dabble a little bit here. What does that do? You know, it's, it's, it's okay to try and explore and try different yeah. things and what works for you and try not to worry about what other people think, but it is yeah. so hard. It is so hard. And I, I've had talks with several of my family, family members about Mm -hmm. medications. And I said, you know, here's the thing. It's a, your business and your business only. Mm -hmm. And B, if you have a headache, you're going to take a Tylenol. So why (laughs) wouldn't you, you know, why wouldn't you just take your daily pill to make you feel just a little more stable and better there? You know, why not? So, Yeah. yeah. So, um, I think that talking about it is huge. Yes. Yes. Takes away a bit of that stigma. Yeah. Oh, I love it. All right. We are um, getting close to wrapping up. I want to see if you have any final thoughts um, to share out with our community. It's been such a great conversation. Oh, thank you. I just think, you know, being very aware of your mental health and just staying on top of it. Don't let it, don't put your, your mental health last. Mm -hmm. Don't put yours. We tend to do that as caretakers. And so remember to put yourself first. It is most important that you put yourself first and you take care of your mental health and your well-being 
so you can then provide better for yeah. your patients. Absolutely. Oh, I just love that. And not just our patients, but our loved ones, our, our kiddos, absolutely. our animals. Yes. Yeah. When you're full up, you can freely and lovingly give to others. And it's just exactly. a nice space to be in. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you, Colette. This has been such a beautiful conversation. Oh, so thank great you. <laughs> it's so nice to be on your podcast and I can't wait to have you on mine. <laughs> Sounds great. All right. Thanks yeah. everybody. We'll see you later. Bye. Bye.